This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. All right, welcome back to AHP. Thank you for joining me. I do appreciate it. I've got a special guest that's uh, come over my house today, Jai Rao, the new CEO for the Sporting Shooters Association of Australia. Now, you guys might know, I've given him a little bit of a bollocking on uh, Facebook, <laughs> and I'm glad he sort of contacted me, wanted to come over and let us know what he's going to do for the SSAA, uh, four shooters as well. Pretty hot today, guys, so we do have the air con on, and literally just as Jai came over, it is absolutely bucketing down cats and dogs outside, so you might actually hear a little little bit of rain, a little bit of noise during this podcast, so I apologise for that. Uh, Jai Rao, welcome to AHP. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for contacting me most of all, and uh, glad to have you here. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jason. Uh, it's it, it has been hot today, and now the rain's come, but uh, I'm looking forward to, to the interview and uh, saying good day to your listeners. What I do want to find out is tell us about yourself, a little bit of history, I guess growing up, your professional life, where you grew up, you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so I grew up uh, in, in Western Sydney and also out in the country, out Mudgee Way, so uh, I've had a bit of experience uh, from city life and uh, country life as well. Uh, I'm married to a saint, Belinda. We've got three fantastic sons. Uh, Will, who's uh, 16. Uh, he's almost 18, just ask him. Uh, Menzies, who's nine, and uh, Chase, who's just born um, nine months ago. So we're, we've got one in just about every other uh, decade at the moment in, in our house. But uh, look, I grew up, um, you know, just from humble beginnings, uh, got involved um, in my local community, and I was asked by members of my community to run for local council. Uh, I did that, uh, got elected, and from there, uh, two terms later, I got elected to the state parliament uh, representing the electorate of Wallandilly, which is about 3,500 square kilometres. Um, very, very interesting. A little bit of country, a little bit of city. It's where Sydney's backyard starts. Uh, but a little bit about me. Uh, I did a law degree in Western Sydney University uh, many, many years ago. As a member of parliament, of course, I was uh, Minister for Mental Health and the Assistant Minister for Health, uh, overseeing a budget of about $2.2 billion. Uh, was also the Chief Government Whip and uh, just before I, I left politics I was also the uh, Chair of the Parliamentary Ethics uh, and Privileges Committee which I found um, pretty important uh, particularly in this day and age in, in, in politics. But uh, this role came up and uh, I put my hand up and there was a, a strong um, field of candidates and uh, obviously I was successful and that's why we're here today. But, uh, look, I think it's really, really important that uh, we get uh, the shooting community together. We advocate uh, for those important issues and we actually see some real reform changes and get some funding um, for our community. So, What did you do before you got into starting politics and councils? What did you do before that? Yeah, so I was also, uh, I, I worked in a suburban law firm. I was involved in information technology uh, management as well. So uh, I also worked in uh, the federal parliament uh, as, as an advisor and later as a chief of staff in the federal government. So I've got uh, experience right across local, state and, and federal government. And I guess that's uh, a little bit uh, unique. What I bring to this role is that uh, I know how politics works. I know how the system works. And uh, I really want to make sure that uh, we get some uh, runs on the board for, for our community. Do you think that'll be an asset, knowing how politics works, uh, going into this role? Well, I think it is. I think uh, you know, one of your podcasts a couple of, couple of weeks ago, you said that uh, we need to make sure that uh, we get uh, people that know how, how politics works and uh, get some players in the game. Uh, the most important thing is now for the shooting community is to have those doors open. 
open and uh, at least advocate uh, for the issues that are important to us. So I think uh, I have that ability. Uh, really looking forward to it. And I've only been in the job for two weeks, so obviously I know where the important things are, where the coffee machine is and where the desk is. But uh, seriously, though, as I've been uh, speaking to uh, a lot of our branches across the state, um, yeah, a- absolutely happy with the SSAA New South Wales, but now we're going to a new phase. And uh, yeah, communication, transparency, but uh, most importantly, let, letting the politicians know exactly what we want. So uh, those restrictions that uh, can sometimes get in the way uh, are not there. Interesting you said knows but what we want. question is, what do you think we want as shooters? Well, I'm uh, very thankful that we have a fantastic board at the SSAA uh, New South Wales. And recently they conducted a, a research project before I started where they uh, interviewed the entire membership, got about 5,000 uh, responses out of that. And uh, they've made it very clear some of the things that they want. They want more advocacy, uh, but some law reform, you know, whether it's appearance laws or suppressor laws, things like that. Um, you know, stuff that uh, is evidence-based. Yeah, what I think happens is is that, uh, uh, look, we've got to be on the front foot. And uh, I'm very uh, focused that uh, we listen to our, our members. Uh, I've made it very clear that I'll be doing a tour across the state, which actually started today. I was in the Southern Highlands branch, but I'll be visiting all of our branches uh, right across the state, listening to what they want uh, and uh, bringing that forward to, for the board. But uh, we need to make sure that uh, government understands exactly how, how they can... Uh, assist our, sh- our shooting community. Where did you get into politics? Why did you get involved with the Liberal Party in particular? Yeah, so uh, a big thing in my area was lack of uh, services and in- infrastructure. 3,500 square kilometres, it's a little bit country, a little bit city. Uh, it didn't have a hospital, didn't have uh, adequate health services and things like that. So I got involved on a platform of infrastructure and services and uh, over an eight-year period I uh, delivered uh, billions of dollars for, for the region. But uh, what's important uh, to understand, Jason, is that uh, before I took up this role, obviously I resigned my seat in Parliament, but uh, what I also did was uh, resign my membership of the Liberal Party. I don't believe I can serve two masters, and I think it's important uh, that when we do advocate, whether it's to government or opposition or to the crossbench, that uh, I am free to be able to do that on behalf of our members. What did the Liberal Party say, I guess, or friends, colleagues, when they found out? I think I saw on one of your posts on your page, I can't remember his name, actually. It was another MP actually gave you a kudos for going to the SSAA. But um, what did your Liberal Party constituents think? Uh, did your constituents know you were going here? What about your friends and colleagues in Parliament? What did they say? Did they find out you were going to a shooting organisation? Well, I made it very clear at the start of, this year, uh, start of last year that uh, I was retiring from politics. I've been in politics for 20-odd years, one way or the other, and uh, it was time for me to support those who supported me, namely my family. My kids have only ever known me in politics, and uh, with the birth of our third son, I wanted to make sure that uh, I spent more time with them. So it wasn't a surprise that I was leaving. Uh, when I announced that I was working for the SSAA uh, New South Wales, uh, there was mixed emotions. People were really, really excited, as, as you said, uh, and, and there was people saying, oh, I didn't think you would do that. Uh, maybe you are going to go back to law or something along those lines. But I see this as a real opportunity uh, to really get into to grassroots uh, issues, to make sure that uh, we support our law-abiding uh, firearm owners and uh, support that we, a sport that we love. Would you have gone back into law if you didn't get the job with SSAA? Uh, I don't think so, Jason. No? Uh, yeah, I like being involved <laughs> with, uh, with the community. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my passion. Uh, I, I have been a, a, a shooter for, for, for a long while now. I uh, haven't had too much opportunity to do that uh, over the time that I've been in Parliament, being six months away from home most, most of the time. But, uh, mate, um, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. You said you're a shooter, so what do you like to shoot? Disciplines, hunting, 
Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, what I've been able to do in, um, while I've been uh, a, a licence holder is a little bit of um, target shooting and also, of course, uh, clay target shooting. We have some, some ranges in, in uh, my former electorate and uh, that's sort of where I got introduced to, to shooting uh, very early in the piece as an MP. Clay target shooting? Yeah, clay target shooting. Rifle shooting? Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, um, you know, the guys at Berrimar have been over, t- looked at t- the hilltop range, but of course at Silverdale, uh, one of the highlights was in 2013, of course, opening up the World uh, uh, Bench Rest uh, Competition. So had a little bit to, to do, so uh, got a lot more to learn too. Not in the hunting circles, no, not really? Uh, no, just going for my uh, hunting licence as we speak. So uh, maybe uh, we can come back later in the year and we can go... Uh, on a hunt. Knock some bucket species off the list. So someone asked me a question. His name was Johnny. He said, what, are your achie- what were your achievements while in government? Yeah, look, I, th- I think I touched on the, to the fact that uh, infrastructure and services was a big thing. Campbelltown Hospital, for example, uh, we got uh, almost uh, $700 million to upgrade that facility. A lot of young families going into that uh, uh, region. Same with Barrel Hospital. A lot of road upgrades. Uh, and those type of uh, type of things that were really really important to the people. We also stopped uh, coal seam gas fracking in the water catchment areas. Uh, Wallandilly was, or well, it still is, home to over eighty percent of Sydney's drinking water, and uh, you can't get it wrong. So the way I've always judged myself is that uh, I, I have uh, children, and what would they think of me when they are you know, my age? You know, did Dad sell us down? down the path or did they did dad stand up for something so yeah they're, they're the things that sort of motivate me and how i've generally uh, play, played politics if you like did you have your hand in any legislative achievements whilst in parliament something that you drove from start to finish that was your i say pet project but you get what i'm trying to ask well as minister for mental health uh, i was able to uh, change the laws and introduce uh, once in a generation reform so we can get into mental health services right across the state and uh, not just in the city but also in rural areas i spent a lot of time out in the country uh, whether it's mental telehealth or whether it's uh, services uh, for young or elderly people, uh, we were able to change the laws there with the Living Well strategy. But uh, also had a hand in uh, electoral uh, reform as well and a number of other pieces of legislation as well through either committee stage or being uh, a minister or being part of a cabinet. It's, I guess it's a big machine working for any type of government, that large, Labor or Liberal. What's it like working for these parties? Do you feel like you can make a difference honestly working in such a big machine? Oh, look, I think uh, everybody enters politics uh, for the right reasons i think there's probably two types of politicians those that know exactly what they want when they they get to the to the ministry i was there for for only a year uh but uh, i enjoy, thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, we had a, a long agenda and we set out to do that in in the space of 12 months but uh, look i think you can make a, a difference uh, sometimes the processes are hard to uh, navigate sometimes the processes can be restrictive but uh, at the end of the day, uh, if you have a, a loud voice and uh, you continue to advocate, things can be done. Coming up to the March election, do you think the Liberal Party will be re-elected in New South Wales? Well, I'm no longer a member of the Liberal <laughs> Party or a politician, so it's not for me but to you'll comment. But you'll be an average voter now, so I guess I, you can... I'm an average voter and uh, I'll, vote, I'll, I'll vote on election day. But uh, look, I think um, you know, politics right across Australia generally is uh, very tight. You've seen that in, in various polls. Um, I'm not here to, today to talk about uh, who I think should or could win, uh, but I think it will be a tight election. There's no doubt about that. I think uh, all the polls suggest that. I think uh, the political parties understand that. 
And uh, that's why you've seen a, a longer than average election campaign, if you like. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be definitely very interesting. I got one from Craig from Patreon, very interesting one. We did have this discussion that I'd looked you up on, on Facebook. I looked you up on uh, Google and I found next to nothing in regards to hunting, shooting, fishing. But I did find a video with you with the former executive director, Di Mellum. And I think the other guy was, was it Mitch Newbury? I think he's from... WSWA St Mary's one of the pistol guys there but he wants to know what were your achievements for shooters while in government? Well I think you'd understand Jason that uh, very few uh, gun laws had ever gone past the parliament in the eight years that I've been in uh, in parliament. Uh, like I said I, I was more introduced to the sport uh, uh, early in my political career as a, a state member of parliament so I got to learn some of the some of the issues uh, but uh, look I think gun reform uh, these days needs to be evidence-based, but you do need uh, either the major political parties or at least one of them and uh, the crossbench. So you haven't really seen too many changes except for restrictions. And one of them that uh, I'm sure we'll talk about today is the Adler. Uh, I was opposed uh, to that. Uh, I did not uh, vote on in that parliament on that issue. I abstained. Uh, but uh, it unfortunately, went through the parliament. I want to bring that one up. It's very important because this is what my listeners are going to expect as we discussed on the phone before. Some people might say, you, as you said, you were against that, but you abstained from voting. And some people might say, at least if you voted no, it would show some character, backbone, but some integrity. Uh, if you voted yes, it might show the same thing. But abstaining from voting can potentially show a lot of people that even though you were really against it, why would you abstain from the, the voting if, you know, I guess in your heart of hearts, you knew you didn't agree with it? Why not vote no? So how uh, politics works in, in major parties, and happy to go through that, is that uh, once a minister has uh, formulated a draft piece of legislation, it goes to the to their party room. It doesn't matter whether it's Labor, Liberal, National Party or, or, or whatever party, it's all the same. Uh, it then gets debated, and I can tell you some of those debates in the, in the party room are, are very robust, and uh, myself and a number of other colleagues uh, made some some statements i'll put it that way uh about uh, the ridiculousness of of those adler laws but uh once a decision has been made by the party room uh in a, for a major party you come out and you support it and that's how um politics works in in australia and certainly in new south wales with the liberal party uh i felt that i couldn't support that uh, law so i i didn't turn up uh, for the vote obviously i didn't uh, cross the floor which is what you're referring to uh but uh when you join a major political party you know the rules of how uh that party operates so that means towing party line is that the basic gist of i understand where you're coming from because you know obviously careers can be made made or broken by the decisions that you make in the party room but if you truly believed in that wouldn't have known been the right answer well, like I said, I uh, debated it uh, very robustly in, in the party room and obviously I didn't, I didn't vote for the piece of legislation. Okay, but it, it, let's say you voted no for the legislation. Would that have had detriments on your career if you'd voted? You said, no, I don't agree with this piece of legislation. I am going across the floor. Yeah, well, politics is a, is a process. And uh, like I said, I, I debated uh, very vigorously uh, about my opposition uh, to, to those proposals, uh, as did a number of people. But ultimately, the majority of those people in the party room uh, had, had their way on the day. Uh, and that's no different to a number of issues that I've advocated against. Some I've won, some I've lost. But uh, I do know the process and that's, that's how it is.
If we get the balance of power at the next election, which could be a possibility, we have several different pro-gun parties running. We've got, obviously, Shooters and Fishers who are currently in. Uh, we've got LDP running. We've got One Nation under, obviously, Mark Latham, who I actually have interviewed before. He's, I think he's a bit better on guns, but definitely not where we need him to be on guns. How do you see that political power? What could we honestly achieve with some political power and balance of power in New South Wales Parliament if that was the possibility after March of 2019? Yeah, well, uh, that's a good question, Jason. There's certainly uh, lots of ways that... Uh laws uh, can be changed. Uh, Obviously, you can convince uh, the majority of the parliament or, as you say, a a hung parliament, which could happen in the lower house or what normally happens in the upper house. It's uh, there's a balance of power. And if you happen to have a particular issue and you've got the balance of power, you you can you have the opportunity to advocate your your uh, your case, particularly if the government of the day wants other pieces of legislation. But uh, that, that's a long process. Law reform has always been a long process. But look, can I take you to a, a similar issue, how we can achieve it? Uh, for example, the SSAA in New South Wales is over 55,000 members. If you combine the membership of both the Liberal and the Labor Party, for example, there'd be a lot less. So what I'm saying is apathy is uh, our biggest issue. So if all of our members and uh, uh, 250,000 shooters across the state all started contacting their local members of parliament and started advocating uh, for evidence-based law reform or funding for their local rangers and things like that. The new Zeiss Conquest V4 line of high-performance rifle scopes combines tried-and-true Zeiss optics with a rugged and functional design, providing high-definition glass. Enhanced with T-Star and low-to-tech protective lens coatings produces 90% to the eye light transmission. This means excellent low-light performance and resolution across the entire magnification range. Zeiss Conquest V4 rifle scopes were designed as a lightweight, high-performance scope for demanding hunting and shooting applications. Visit osaaustralia.com.au to find your local dealer. Zeiss, we make it visible. I wanted to ask you another question too, Jai. It came out from the Berejiklian government. I think it was only probably about two weeks ago there was a media release. Uh, she was pressing Labor not to give preference to the Shooters and Fishers Party in New South Wales. Uh, and obviously they weren't going to give their preferences to the Shooters and Fishers Party as well. Why would she come out so strongly and, and say not to preference or try and push Labor not to preference the Shooters and Fishers Party? Yeah, well, of course, I'm not in the mind of the political parties that, that made that statement. But uh, obviously there is a, a tight election and uh, I get the, you know, the two in the throwing and the thrust of uh, politics. But uh, my role as the CEO of SSAA uh, New South Wales is to work with all political parties, whether they're Labor, Liberal, Independent, Shooters and Fishers, Farmers Party or uh, One Nation or any others that come into the field, uh, promote our cause, uh, advocate uh, for some evidence-based law reform, uh, advocate for funding, and we'll work with those that uh, want to work with us and those that uh, uh, don't, you'll be hearing from us. What's the top two, I would say, top two or three things you'd like to achieve while being part of the SSAA? Obviously, I'm talking legislatively here, so what are the top, say, two or three things? You probably no doubt had discussions uh, with the board. What do you think the two or three pressing things legislatively we should be pushing coming up over, say, the next 12 to 24 months? Yeah, look, like I said, uh, the uh, board had conducted a research project, so uh, obviously I report to the to, to the board and they report to the members and uh, there, there's a long list of uh, law reform uh, legislative items that uh, they're interested in but uh, we've got to pick one and we've got to start. Um, yeah, I think too long uh, not engaging the political process has been uh, 
our fault and has also led to us not achieving any outcomes. So my, my door is open. My door is about uh, uh, getting out there and uh, speaking to as many of the political parties as we can to, to achieve some of these uh, results. But, you know, easy ones, you know, suppressors, uh, appearance laws uh, and, and the like. If it's not about safety, why do we have these uh, laws in place? If it is about safety, then then that's fine. But uh, we've got to have a long, hard look at this and uh, communicate with our members, communicate with the shooting community and have a real conversation uh, with the political class. What do you hope to bring to the table? Obviously advocating for yeah, members of SSAA, but what do you hope to bring to the table as a whole? What would you like to achieve personally over, say, the next two years? Oh, well, I'd like to see that we do get uh, some, some law reform up. I would like to see us increase uh, our membership. Uh, we're ultimately a membership uh, organisation. Uh, we're 55,000 members. I'd like to see that uh, number increase. Uh, I'd like to see increased uh, transparency, which is a thing that the board has been completely about and our former ED has been about as well. We need to make sure that uh, we, we do communicate to all of our members, uh, whether they're in the city or whether you know, in the far-flung parts of, of the state. Uh, we need to make sure that we represent all of our members. That's what our board's commitment is uh, under our uh, president, uh, Lance Miller, uh, doing a fantastic job uh, in two years time i'd like to say that uh, we sit here and uh, you can tell me what we've done well the australian hunting podcast is the only hunting shooting and fishing podcast radio show in australia with over forty thousand downloads per month you are sure to find some information that can help you if you love hunting shooting fishing and a little bit of politics the australian hunting podcast has you covered to listen check us out on itunes and visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Joe, I just wanted to go through a few things with you, some uh, obviously things that are affecting shooters in New South Wales. So it's pretty much just a, a yes or no answer or if there's a position from the board. So I want to talk about suppressors. Let's talk about suppressors. Uh, what do you think about suppressors? Is the SSAA advocating for the use of suppressors for hunters and shooters in New South Wales? Yeah, as I've said uh, before, Jason, uh, the board has conducted a... Uh, a uh, very uh, intense uh, survey of its members uh, went out to 55,000. Uh, we've got a strong response of uh, more than 5,000 responses back and uh, it's dictating uh, where we'll be looking at over the next uh, 12 months. But uh, I can assure you in that top 10, uh, suppressors, uh, appearance laws and things like that certainly appear on that. So uh, I'm looking forward to coming back on your show and uh, letting you know exactly uh, where we'll be going over the next 12 months advocating for, for law reform. I know, obviously, shooters you know, are going to listen to this and say, well, you know, it's been 20 years, the SSAA doesn't have a position on these issues. Shouldn't they have a position on these issues since it's been 20 years in regards to these laws being changed? Oh, Jason, it's not about uh, not having a position. It's about uh, we're in the middle uh, or at the start of an election uh, process and uh, we want to make sure that uh, we are advocating uh, the best opportunities that we can uh, for our members and uh, making sure that we can pick uh, those pieces of law reform where we think that uh, obviously we're going to have our, our better chances of success over the next uh, 12 months, two years. Uh, registration. Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper abolished firearms registration, said in fact it was a waste of money, hadn't saved one single Canadian life. Uh, New Zealand abolished firearms registration back in the mid-1980s, no issues at all in what's happening in New Zealand. Uh, what do you think about firearms registration? Would the SSAA be advocating for the move of abolishing firearms registration, which is you know, Australia generally has one of the last countries in the world that still 
actually has firearms registration. Um, former Police Minister Ann Tolley said there's no evidence to show that firearms registration will bring any greater protection to the community in the current system. Uh, they got all up in arms in Canada when they abolished firearms registration, saying that crime's going to go up, guns are going to get out of control, in fact, gun crime dropped. Uh, even the RCMP, well, they were actually surprised that actually crime did actually drop, uh, which was obviously great news for not only shooters, but also for the community, confirming that, again, firearms registration is wasteful and is onerous. We spend tens of millions of dollars every year just to regulate law-abiding firearms owners. We don't regulate criminals. So is that something that the SSAA, under your tenure now, and the board are going to 100% put forward to abolish firearms registration, whether it's achievable or not is a completely different question altogether. Uh, well, it's certainly true, Jason, that uh, the criminals are the ones that uh, governments uh, need to, to focus on. Law-abiding firearm uh, owners uh, do, do the right thing, and uh, we know that. Uh, we know that uh, any piece of legislation that comes in, uh, doesn't have to be in the shooting field, obviously has an impact on people's uh, personal lives. And uh, at the SSAA New South Wales, we're about uh, uh, evidence-based uh, law reform, making sure that uh, what is in place actually uh, protects uh, shooters and uh, the community and uh, as you say sometimes uh, legislation or regulations uh, uh, pop up from time to time or or debate uh, will occur that potentially uh, doesn't do that will bring in a a regulation that isn't necessarily based on safety but maybe on a knee-jerk reaction and they're things that uh, I'll be looking at uh, as I said I've been in the job for two weeks but they're things that we'll be looking at and uh, coming back to you on your show about uh, particularly as we go into uh, the March 2019 election, uh, there, there's a number of things that uh, we'll be working on and I'm looking forward to be able to do that. Uh, but, uh, Jason, what we need to do is make sure that we have a united vi- voice uh, across uh, all shooters, uh, whether they're SSAA members or not, and uh, that's something they'll be working towards. Obviously, as I said, the, the SSAA is a large organisation, represents not only its members, but having a big voice inadvertently obviously advocates for other shooters as well within the community. So something I wanted to take back is self defence, pump action shotguns, appearance laws and things like semi-automatic shotguns and we shouldn't be saying these things like as if they are an issue when we can clearly see in many other countries, Canada New Zealand, Sweden, Switzerland, Germany I can, I can label just as many that have these firearms, just as many that some don't have these firearms, yet there's more crime. Mexico has a large crime. Brazilian crime in regards to gun homicide. I mean, in 2014, there were 59,000 deaths with firearms in Brazil. Not sure if you're aware of that, but we never hear the 2GBs, the 2UEs, the, the Yahoo News Channel 7. We never, we never hear them report on countries that have very little gun ownership but have such large gun homicide crime. It's always the infatuated with the United States. After 20 years, we need to see, as we come back in the future and and, and meet up again for another show, about them having a position on self-defence, on registration, on suppressors, on these types of firearms. Because I do have to be honest, it's probably, I know you've only been there two weeks, so I can't blame you, but they need to have a position. I mean, 20 years not having a position on these issues, as you can imagine, for not only myself, but shooters, is, is quite worrisome going into the future. Well, I think uh, you're right in the sense that uh, the onus of uh, getting the facts out is up to us, uh, up to us as an organisation, SSAA, but also up to us as individuals as, as well. And uh, I thank you for the work that uh, that you do to get uh, some of those uh, facts out, out uh, not just on your podcast, but uh, on some of the other media outlets too. So thank you for that. Uh, and we need to do more of that. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, we need to make sure that uh, we have a, a single voice or a common voice. Uh, and uh, that's exactly what we'll be doing.
doing, uniting uh, the shooting community, yes, through our membership, but also working with those other organisations that aren't our members and uh, see what we can do to get into the political space in the sense of law reform and obviously funding. Whether I agree with the future direction of the SSSR is, is not really here nor there, but I'm sure when members are going to join up, they want to join the SSSA, they would like to know what their position is on these particular issues, whether those issues align with their own personal issues going forward on who they vote for, for an example, what organisations they join. So this is something that we, they'd like to know, and I'm sure in the future, hopefully, again, like as I said, we can follow up and get a succinct answer on, on those particular issues. No, absolutely, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to protecting, promoting and preserving uh, our sport. That's exactly that, uh, what we'll be doing, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting out there and uh, once we go through that uh, research project, uh, identify the election uh, strategy, uh, going out and promoting that right across the board. Looking for outdoor equipment for your next adventure? At Aussie Outdoor Gear, you can find cooking equipment, camo clothing for kids, backpacks, camo accessories and much more. We cater for your hunting, fishing, camping, hiking and other outdoor pursuits with our unique product range. AussieOutdoorGear.com.au Quality gear at affordable prices. So I wanted to talk about an interesting one as well. Now, I know we had a discussion over the phone about it. Uh, the Greyhound Racing Ban. Now, this is a lot about shooters as well, I guess. And the reason I say that is because shooters suffered the same fate in 1996. Yeah, sure, some people do the wrong thing in regards to the Greyhound Racing industry. I think shooters felt similar like they did in 1996 when John Howard changed those laws. Not many people voted against the Greyhound Ban. As far as I'm aware, I know Katrina Hodgkinson was one. Galuptus was another. I can't remember the third person, but only two people abstained uh, from the vote. But you weren't one of those. I know you've spoken out about the Greyhound Ban saying it was bad. But did you speak out about it beforehand? And if so, why did you vote for the Greyhound Racing Ban? Yeah, uh, that's that's a good question. And uh, as I said to you on the phone, I think that is the one issue that I've made a mistake as a member of parliament in my eight years uh, in, in the state uh, parliament. Uh, my community at the time um, has a strong presence of greyhounds. In fact, I have uh, family that uh, race greyhounds. So I can assure you that I wasn't very popular at, at the time. I think I've explained to you the process of how the political process worked. I was very vocal against uh, having that uh, bill go through. Uh, we lost that debate in the party room. And uh, at the time, uh, we were all obliged to support the party line. And we did that. Uh, I then immediately went out and uh, uh, tried to get it either reversed or at least talk about uh, compensation and continued that uh, fight uh, with a number of my colleagues. And uh, I'm very thankful that that's exactly what happened uh, overall. That is the one uh, thing that I'd say in my career that I made a mistake. I should have at least not voted. Uh, I was very vocal against it uh, and uh, happy to cop that on the gym. I mean, you see what happens when you vote against it. Obviously, Katrina Hodgkinson, I'm not sure at the time she was in a ministry position, but she, she lost her position based yeah, on... A couple dis- of nationals voted there yeah, uh, dissension, against it. Dissension to the government. We hear about this a lot, and I, I spoke about this to you as well, obviously, previously, that I want to go back to the Berejiklian in government, but it's very important because she was on 2GB with Ben Fordham probably three months ago saying, you know, government wants to stay out of your business. We want people to run their businesses. We want them to get out of their lives. But yet, you know, we, we're just not seeing that with the Greyhound Racing ban. I don't know how... Somebody had a brain fart about that, thought that was a great idea. Obviously not. We just saw not even about two months ago, fishers were up in arms majorly about the fact that Niall Blair was pushing with it. I'm not sure if it came specifically from him, but banning fish shows from Newcastle down to the Sydney Harbour, in through Barara, Hawkesbury, right down to the Illawarra and Wollongong. Sure, not all those places were going to be locked out. But again, 
where do these brain fart ideas come from? Fishers were very angry about that. Again, Ray Hadley got involved. I mean, the government just seems to continually, the coalition obviously being the Liberal government, continually keeps doing damage to their own brand. When did they think locking fishermen out of their recreational activities was going to be a great idea? And then, like they did on the Greyhound Racing Band again, they backflipped on the particular issue when people like 2GB, Alan Jones and Ray Hadley actually had to get involved in this sort of thing. When did they thought these harebrained schemes were actually going to be a good idea to lock fishermen out of something they actually pay for? Well, I'll start again by saying I'm not apologetic uh, uh, for any party. Uh, I uh, am not a member of any political party any, any longer, but uh, I can assure you as a, as a fisher myself, uh, I was very vocal against that, as was a number of people in our party room, which ultimately that's an issue that uh, we did win, and uh, those laws didn't uh, go through. Uh, yes, I was contacted by uh, Hadley's office, just like every member of parliament was, and made my position very clear uh, to him. But uh, we talk about apathy uh, in the shooting community in the past. Well, that wasn't the case with the fish shows. I, I know uh, Robert Borzak from the Shooters of Fishers and Farmers Party and uh, Robert Brown led a, uh, a, um, a march uh, through Sydney up to Parliament House and had thousands of people turn up advocating their position uh, to all and sundry in the New South Wales Parliament. Their voice was very clear, it was heard very loudly, and I think that's exactly uh, what we need to do. Not necessarily march in the streets all the time, but uh, certainly be united and uh, articulate what we stand for. Uh, but again, um, uh, the vote in the party room was uh, the way it was, and you didn't see those laws changed. Sometimes I wonder why they push it forward in the first place, when surely they must be having discussions if you're normal people to say, this is not going to be good policy. This is actually, in fact, going to be bad policy. And we see what happens. The government's backflipped again. I mean, this is the second time in as many years from the bad government. We see Barry Jicklin. I know this is a hunting and shooting podcast, but I guess it goes back to the fear of shooters from 1996. You know, people die at dance parties, for an example. I think it was Stuart Ayres says, you know, dance parties aren't going to be, you're not going to be able to use public assets that are owned by the taxpayers' people, you're not going to be able to run dance parties at those particular venues because one person dies, the 30,000 people that attend these parties. I mean, sure, we're probably a bit old for dance parties these days. I'm getting on you know, close to 38 years of age. Uh, you've got a couple of children. Obviously, those days are over for you as well. But in saying that, this seems to be the government, like in 96, oh, people die, ban. Like, I don't understand that reality of, of trying to lock people out of the things they've paid for themselves, having fun. Sure, I don't take drugs. I'm not advocating for the taking of drugs. But I know it's sad when one person dies. Does that mean we change legislation to ruin the lives of 35,000, 40,000 people that want to attend dance parties that haven't had these issues? Look, I think uh, governments of any political persuasions will make decisions that uh, make people happy or make, and some issues that will make people uh, unhappy. Uh, I believe in... in interfering in people's lives uh, less as a, as a government. Uh, but I'm not here to talk about uh, politics uh, as such. I'm here to talk about how we promote uh, the, the, the safe sport of uh, shooting, the family sport of uh, uh, shooting for law-abiding firearm owners. And uh, that's exactly what uh, we, we will do. And uh, at the end of the day, we need to, uh, like I said, make sure that our voice is heard, but to also make our, our sport uh, more community-aware. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, people, you know, we, 
I'd encourage all of our listeners to bring a friend or a family member down to one of their local ranges or in one of the sports and uh, introduce them and uh, maybe get some of those uh, unfounded uh, fears uh, allayed because uh, it is fun. Uh, it is a family sport. In fact, I was out on one of the ranges today in the Southern Highlands and uh, uh, one of the great uh, families was there uh, from the Southern Highlands and uh, there was kids as, as uh, you know, um, teenagers there who'd won an Australian championship. Uh, it was pretty impressive to, to see you know, from, from uh, teenagers all the way up to, to mum and dad. People want to have confidence in you that you're going to be able to do the job, do the job effectively and have a massive passion for shooting. I've been doing this for a long time, not just people like me. There's people out there making YouTube videos. They love the sport. They're trying to get people into the sport. They're trying to get people more politically active. Throughout your career, the centre point has not been hunting, shooting and fishing. In fact, through my search, it's been next to none of that. How can people say Jai is going to be the best person for the job? He's going to advocate for my interests if it's not your, say, number one, hasn't been your number one priority since going, you know, bringing up through Parliament. I think that's a fair question. People want to look at Jai and say, Jai, yeah, we're 100% confident in you that you're going to be able to get the job done. That At least in the next, say, two to three years, there are going to be some achievements to, to speak of. We've been in this position now for 20 years, I feel if it goes a lot more than say, another 5 to 10 years, these laws are going to be indoctrinated. And we want to make sure double S, double A into the future and the board are aware that we need to start achieving results. And Jai Rao is the man for the job and is going to be able to achieve results. But he doesn't have the history to back it up. How can they trust you to be able to do the job? Well, I think that's a, a fair question. And uh, I'll just uh, read to you what the selection criteria for this role was. Uh, there were six points to it. Greater access and influence on the, to the New South Wales government and government generally, I guess. Uh, supporting our volunteers and members, leadership of office and members, public relations, bringing the sport together in common interest areas, and improved income and funding models for greater infrastructure and sh- services uh, to shooters uh, across the board. And that's exactly what I've done. It doesn't matter whether I've been the Minister for uh, Mental Health or the Assistant Minister Health, uh, overseeing a budget of $2.2 billion, or whether it's been uh, advocating for uh, funding in, in for small groups uh, in my local community. That's exactly what I know. That's exactly what I've done. Uh, I do love the sport. Uh, yes, maybe that uh, you've been doing it a lot longer than I have, but I think that's a real opportunity for us. Uh, we have 55,000 members of the SSAA in New South Wales. I see no reason why we can't be 100,000 members. We've got all this growth coming in northwest, southwest Sydney, in fact, right across the state, uh, and all the other uh, sporting codes are gearing up for you know in, intake of, of members, whether it be soccer, football, or things like that, and we should be poising ourselves to be exactly there for that, uh, whether that includes new ranges, whether it includes uh, new disciplines and, and some of our existing ranges, we need to cater for that. But we're only going to do that if we work together, uh, have a united voice and uh, make sure that uh, the community knows uh, how, how great our sport is. I, I don't ask that question lightly. It's not to be flippant, but it's to, obviously there's a lot of people that probably went for the job now, Dad, obviously you're the person that was selected. But people want to look at someone's history and say, well, what skin do they have in the game? Is someone going to advocate for much? A passionate about the sport? That can develop over time. But you understand that shooters want to make sure you are the man for the job and they have their best interests at heart. I think that's a was a fair question. Well, my passion for the sport isn't a, a, a new thing, uh, Jason. It's been there for a number of number of years. Uh, just just like uh, you know, like getting out fishing and camping with with, with the with the kids as well. Uh, you don't get as much time as you'd like to, but uh, you know, for example, today we went out to silhouette shooting, and uh, you know, I. I, I had a bit of fun today. Uh, but if you want somebody that's going to uh, get some runs on the board, that's going to be able to open up some doors to government opposition and understand the political process more importantly, and somebody that's going to work to uh, day and night to unite the sporting uh, shooting community, uh, then you're looking at the person right in front of you. 
Jai, what do you think the biggest threat affecting shooters today is? That, I know you're a former politician. As the, there's a lot of memes going around saying the biggest threat to guns is politicians and rust. So what do, you, what do you think the biggest threat to shooting sports and hunting sports in Australia is? Well, I think the challenge uh, for us, and uh, I'll, I'll say it again, is uh, we, we need to be united. We need to make sure that it uh, doesn't matter which electorate you're in, that you engage with your uh, local politicians, local, state and federal, uh, particularly the ones that uh, govern uh, our, our sport, and uh, let them know that, one, our sport is a fun sport, it's a family sport, but, two, some of the issues that we want changed. Uh, and it's not about uh, getting on your high horse and, uh, yeah, yelling and kicking and screaming. It's about having a serious dialogue uh, with your local members of parliament uh, about what's important to you and your community in, in relation to our sport. Uh, I think the, the sooner that we do that, the better that we do that, the better outcomes that we're going to have. Like I said, we are more than 55,000 members SSAA and more than 250,000 uh, licensed uh, firearm owners. Uh, we are law-abiding uh, firearm owners. Uh, criminals, they're the ones that uh, need to be locked up, but it's not our members and it's certainly not not uh, uh, law-abiding firearm owners or license holders. And uh, the more that we do that, the better results that we're going to get. So that's something that I'll be working with uh, within our membership, but also working with other bodies uh, to be able to unite and get a common message across. Got a uh, question here from Aaron. It says, being a gun owner, naturally, you'd be against John Howard's knee-jerk gun bans, uh, which he's come out and said he banned guns because he doesn't like guns. And that was on 2GB, or I think it was one of the radio stations from back a very, very long time ago. He goes, so what did you do exactly in Parliament to try and get our gun rights back? Uh, did you go to the powers that be to scrap either parts of the NFA in New South Wales? Because currently it hasn't worked. It has only cost money and punished legal firearms owners? Or did you sit there and collect your big paycheck and benefits and not stand up for fellow shooters? That's from Aaron. Yeah, no, thank you, Aaron, for, for the question. Uh, of course, I wasn't in Parliament in 1996, and I was in the federal parliament. I'm a state pol- well, I was a state politician. Uh, but uh, I think uh, the more that uh, the, these issues have come up, I've certainly spoke about them in my party room. But as I said to you before, uh, very little re- gun reform has happened in the state parliament of New South Wales over the last, say, decade or so. It uh, doesn't matter whether it's been Labor or Liberal that have been in, in, in government. You haven't seen too many changes of laws, except for maybe you know, the Adler and, and things like that that I've said that I was a, a, against. But uh, I'm no longer a member of a political party. I'm a member uh, of the SSAA New South Wales, and in fact, it's CEO. And... Uh, Watch out, Aaron. Uh, you're going to hear a lot from us uh, and uh, love for you to maybe get in contact uh, with Jason, give me your details, and we'll sit down and uh, love to hear uh, what you want to put forward. At the time, John Howard changed gun laws. Were you in agreement with those laws? Mate, in 1996, uh, I suspect like you, we, we, were, young, I was yeah, we were very young, mate. So that probably wasn't uh, something that uh, was uh, front of mind back in, in, in those days. But uh, what I would say, Jason, is... Uh, a, a new law introduced uh, affects people. It doesn't matter uh, what law it is. Uh, you name any law, it affects people. Uh, my my view about laws generally is uh, you've got to make sure that uh, you don't put too much uh, interference into people's everyday lives and it needs to be evidence-based. And uh, I think what you've seen across the board, uh, in particularly in, in the shooting community, is some laws that potentially ha- haven't been evidence-based but been more regulatory in nature and uh, that's been uh, to our detriment. Uh, they're things that uh, we need to work together and have a sensible conversation with governments and oppositions and crossbench uh, 
to maybe change some of those? Because obviously I believe in 1996, a lot of those decisions you know, were, were knee-jerk and not evidence-based. So I guess when I ask you those questions, people are going to say to me, well, we'd like a straight answer. So is it, is it yes or is it no? Uh, as I said, uh, uh, Jason, I'm the CEO of the SSAA and uh, my remit uh, is to work with all governments, uh, both state and, and, and national, to, to get some, some re- law reform. But uh, we'll be working on, on those issues that our members have been asking for. I've touched on some of those uh, today. Uh, but uh, we do not want to see knee-jerk uh, uh, laws introduced into the future. We want to see what we can do uh, to obviously make our sport safe, and we're very much uh, strong advocates of that, but also making sure that uh, the laws that uh, are in place are the ones that uh, are actually there for our safety, not necessarily there for political uh, point scoring of any major political party or, or, or minor one for that matter. So that's exactly the role that we'll be doing. Joy, obviously we're going to hit the ground running in 2019. So obviously the members being the largest organisation pretty much in Australia representing the interests of, of the members, but not just the members too, obviously being the largest voice, we also advocate for all shooters. So my question is, how are we going to unite shooters? We talk about unity, but how are we going to achieve that? You're exactly right. Uh, you know, the in New South Wales is the uh, peak body in, in New South Wales to promote, protect and preserve the shooting sports uh, in New South Wales. But uh, we're not the only organisation. And uh, part of my remit is to work with uh, all groups uh, to uh, unite uh, so we have a single voice uh, and uh, advocate for, for the, the sport right across the political spectrum, whether it be state or, or federal or, or you know, some of these issues are council issues, whether development applications, for example, uh, for ranges out in the bush. Um, there's a number of those that uh, we're looking at at the moment. Uh, so, look, it's about having an open-door policy. Uh, this is not about uh, dictating to any other organisation. We stand side by side and uh, we, we have a common voice, and I think that's potentially been uh, lacking in the past or certainly an opportunity to move forward into the future. Uh, I think the SSAA has been uh, um, put its best foot uh, forward, but now we're going into a, a new phase, uh, and uh, we, obviously we've got a state and federal election uh, coming up. So one of the things that uh, I'm doing, uh, and I've just started today is uh, we're doing a tour of all of our branches but also talking to a number of affiliate clubs and uh, uh, clubs that aren't members of the SSAA New South Wales to see what's important to them in their local region, what are their needs, maybe equip them with some skills to talk to to their local uh, politicians, maybe let them know some of the funding uh, opportunities that that are available uh, with state and federal government from time to time and better engage them to to access those funds. But uh, also just, as I said, to, to equip them with some... Uh, knowledge about how the system works and how to engage in that from a local perspective that can feed into a, a, a larger strategy. I know people say we say what we want going forward in regards to you know legislative change as well, but can we? Do you think we can actually achieve what we want? Even minor things such as things like as we said suppressors, which you were talking about before. I mean, even minor regulation changes about how registry works, those types of things. I know we say what we want and and what we hope to achieve, but. I mean, is this, is this all in earnest or do we actually have a chance of achieving these things long term? I think long term, uh, absolutely. Uh, legislative reform uh, is a long process, as you well know. Uh, something doesn't happen overnight in this space. But uh, if we're united and uh, we can put uh, uh, the evidence forward uh, to Parliament, uh, I see no reason why we can't get some, some changes. We're not going to win everything that we want. Uh, we, we understand that. Uh, but it's about uh, advocating, uh, putting our best foot forward. 
and uh, demonstrating what we're talking about is is safe uh, and uh, supports our community. We have had a lot of issues with rangers, especially for many reasons in New South Wales, from lockdowns to Port Macquarie was having issues previously, some of the rangers that want to get up and running. It's been very difficult. Will you advocate to powers that be in regards to rangers about making sure we have opportunities to keep these open, not being shut down for no reason and minor things and getting those sort of things sorted out in the future? Absolutely. I look forward to coming back on onto uh, one of your shows and uh, talk about some so. of the successes so. that, uh, <laughs> uh, that we're going to have. But uh, for example, next week I'm going out to a few ranges, uh, a couple of them with uh, some issues that uh, it's been long going, which means that uh, shooters can't uh, uh, get on to, to their local ranges. And uh, I'm very keen to sort out some of those issues. So uh, have four-wheel drive, can travel, are tra- is travelling. So uh, whether it uh, be out in Broken Hill, whether it be as far north as the Tweed or whether it will be uh, down south or somewhere in Sydney. Uh, my door is open. Uh, give us a, a call, give us an email and we'll certainly be there. But uh, the best way that uh, I think I can represent uh, our members is getting in front of them and that's seeing our local rangers, seeing what the issues are. And uh, like I said, I've got a background in, in law. I've, got, I've been on council as well, so I understand some of those practical issues of how to navigate uh, uh, that system, not just the political side of things at a state level, but... Uh, and, we're really here to support our branches, and that's what it's really, really about, and that's what uh, the skill set I bring. I mean, it was interesting. I think there was one, Port Macquarie possibly, they sold off part of their land. It was near the airport. I'm pretty sure that was Port Macquarie. And then was it the council and or government proceeded to shut it down based on how far the projectile would go. I mean, those are the, I guess I don't want to say it on the show, but these are the kind of shit sandwiches that shooters have to deal with when we're trying to do the right thing, yet we constantly keep getting trodden on by you know, local council for these reasons when shooters were just trying to do the right thing to help out. And then, again, constantly shooters are getting trotted on at every opportunity, whether it's ranges, whether it's legislatively. It's hard for shooters when they listen to shows like mine or to have faith that we're actually going to move forward, I guess. I know, and you said apathy is a big one, which is what this show is about, getting people to write letters, getting people to get involved, getting on their committees, getting on their boards and their branches to try and make a difference. Um, sometimes it's been fruitful for some people, sometimes it hasn't, but that's where some of the issues that shooters... You know, they get a bit disgruntled sometimes. This is where sometimes the apathy comes from, where they're constantly getting trodden on by the government or when, as often when they're just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, shooters uh, are law-abiding firearm owners and uh, the emphasis on law-abiding. And uh, sometimes uh, that uh, doesn't get uh, into, the, into the debate uh, as well as it should be. Uh, we just want to get on uh, with what we do, which is... Uh, enjoying our sport and uh, bringing our family down uh, to enjoy it. Uh, At the end of the day, a lot of these problems that occur isn't necessarily political decisions, it's just a process. And uh, some of these processes are very complicated, convoluted, and that's something that I'm hoping that uh, I can help our branches with some of them. And like I said, I'm visiting a couple of them uh, this week coming because I I know that there's some issues that are preventing our uh, members getting on the ranges, and not just our WSWA members, but also uh, uh, other clubs as well. What would you say to the members, uh, obviously some members that listen to this show from WSWA New South Wales, obviously in the country, what would you say to those members now? Well, what I'd say to WSWA New South Wales is the future uh, looks uh, bright, uh, particularly in our country. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting out there uh, over the next uh, couple of months and uh, I've made a commitment that I'll be visiting all of our branches. So uh, stay tuned. I'll be at a range uh, near you very, very soon. Uh, And that'll be an opportunity for you to ask me any questions that you want or any issues that you want me to raise back to the board, but also for me to engage and understand uh, what are some of the local issues that you'd like and what are some of the bigger issues that uh, that 
you would want changed as well. So uh, don't, lo- don't lose hope. Uh, your association uh, values you. We absolutely want you to be part of this. And uh, as I said, my door's open. Uh, have phone, have four-wheel drive, have email, and uh, very much looking forward to getting out and about and uh, uh, going down for, for a shoot on our, some of our ranges, but also meeting our uh, volunteers, our very hard-working uh, members. And I've got to say that, uh, Jason, um, we are a volunteer organisation. A lot of what happens on a weekend or uh, down at the range in the evenings is, is manned by volunteers, uh, both men and women, uh, working hard, full-time jobs, uh, making sure that they can uh, uh, preserve our sport. And uh, the best thing that we can do as an association is to support them. Mm. The only, as I said, the, we discussed it before, the only ones I pretty much had to take back was, you know, on those ones about suppressors, registration, self-defence, semi-automatic weapons, just to name a few appearance laws. A lot of these things people want to know about. So hopefully in the future we can follow up and the, and the board actually has a position on these particular issues. Because when I release the show, people are going to ask, well, shouldn't SSAA should have a position on these particular issues? So that, that's hopefully something you can take back, say, over the next... Three three to six months and hopefully we can follow up in three to six months there's an absolute position on these particular issues because when people listen to this show and then we say we don't really have a position on that it's probably not going to go down too well with some of the listeners so what i'd like to hope is that we can follow up again and you can come forward reappear on the show and we can go through those things and hopefully have a great resolve and what the position is going to be whether that's positive for people like me or there's a lot of people different listen to this show that are a little bit different in regards to what they'd like to see and achieve within the shooting sports so hopefully whether we like it or don't like it i guess we'd like to get a position on those particular things which i think is a fair fair assessment yeah no absolutely jason i think that's a a fair point and uh, as i said uh, a research project has been undertaken uh, by our members and that will guide uh, the work uh, that we'll do as a, as a an association uh, over the next uh, 12 uh, to 24 months. Uh, but uh, all the typical things that uh, you, you raise are generally on that uh, list. But I'd uh, love to come back on your show and talk about uh, some of those in, in more depth. All right, we'll turn the uh, grill machine off right now at the moment. We'll just turn it down to low, <laughs> if you don't <laughs> mind. Um, I guess one to finish off, tell us whether it's a professional. We always like to finish off with a uh, story. So if you just think of a story right now, maybe it could be a, a shooting story, it could be a hunting story, it could be a time you're in Parliament. Have you anything you can think of that you can tell us? Yeah, I think there's a couple, couple of stories there, but one from the, the political side of things. Uh, people always say, you know, the hustle and bustle of uh, politics, uh, going into Parliament, being away from your family six months of the year. Obviously, there's a lot of glamour. You know, are you very happy that you achieved, whether it's $700 million for a hospital or a billion dollars for roads and things like that? Uh, is that why you got into Parliament? And yes, part part of it's yes, but uh, the biggest satisfaction that I've had in Parliament uh, or been in, in that position was helping a young mum uh, who had uh, fallen on some tough times, uh, separated from her partner, uh, was too proud to ask for help, had a, a two or three children uh, at the time and was living in the back of a station wagon at one of our uh, local, local ovals and uh, a member of the community raised that with me and I remember uh, just before Christmas uh, going having a chat and working out how we could help her and her family and uh, we're able to do that and then meeting that family many years later uh, to see how successful that their children had grown up. Uh, that, those type of things, the little things uh, which might be little in terms of uh, the billions of dollars of government but to me I think that was something big to change in people's lives. So from a shooting perspective, uh, being out in the range today, uh, shooting uh, Silhouette, uh, we had uh, a girl in, in her late teens uh, who was also uh, shooting. Uh, I thought I was pretty good getting four, four out of ten shots today. Yeah, it was pretty hot today, Jason, so uh, that's my excuse anyway. <laughs> 
And but she uh, killed you, I'm guessing, obviously. She absolutely you floored thought, me. Yeah. And it was just impressive to see uh, this uh, young, talented uh, uh, girl shooting, doing a fantastic job. And she'd won an Australian title. And uh, she certainly put me to shame uh, today. But what I really enjoyed was that she was there with her mum, her dad, her two other sisters and her grandmother all enjoying our sport. And that's really what it comes down to. Uh, the more that uh, uh, we can get that across uh, out out in the community, uh, the better people will understand uh, what the true essence of our sport is. See, this is what the politicians somewhere don't go to Rangers. This is what they don't get to see. This is the atmosphere they don't get to see, the great people that are there. They choose sometimes to ignore it, thinking that firearms owners are either bad or just choosing to not be a part of it. When they actually go to Rangers and meet people and they see... I mean, I've had people in the shooting community, I've had friends even that I went to school with that I'm still friends with 25 years today. They're, they would say, oh, you know, I don't want to get into shooting, oh, it's bad. And then I've taken them down for a try shooting. They go, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was. No one's running around, no one's gung-ho, it's just sort of normal. I go, well, it is normal. This, it's, it's what you've developed in your mind to think that the shooting sports actually are when they're actually not. And what I'd like to see is politicians actually go out and start talking to these people. But like I said, we get you know, both forms of government, which seem to be a little bit bipartisan on the fact that you know, they, they don't want to give anything on firearms laws. They don't want to change, I guess, quote unquote, you know, John Howard's legacy. You know, nobody wants to stand up and say, well, are these laws really the best thing for shooters? Can we help shooters in a different way? That doesn't mean we have to you know, abolish everything overnight. But what I'd like to see is some movement. Instead of movement of our continually being cut with small little paper cuts and losing more and more every year, actually start to claw something back. Because otherwise, it's sometimes just... It feels from doing this podcast for seven years, or almost eight years now, that you know, I, over the progression of not only myself and how I think at the start to how I think now, but trying to get some sort of change. And I guess people are feeling a little bit deflated. This is why they don't want to get involved. And I, and I try and change that. But sometimes even eight years in, I feel a bit deflated too, because I'm like, every, we keep losing everything. When are we actually going to start achieving something? And you're coming on board now. I guess the time is now. Yeah, absolutely. The, to- the time is now. We've got a great opportunity. But I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, when people come down and try shooting, uh, more often than not, they enjoy it and uh, they get involved, uh, whether it's in the SSAA, but what they, more importantly, they get involved uh, in, in our sport. Uh, that's how I sort of got involved. I went down to uh, a, a try shoot and absolutely loved it. And uh, like I said, you know, I didn't fully appreciate uh, the, the family aspect uh, to that. And uh, that, that's certainly what I enjoy. And uh, we need to do that with all, all of our politicians. So that'll be something I'll be doing over the next 12 months, inviting them all to come down and, and have a bit of a, a, a try-shoot on, on the local ranges and understand and engage with the members. So uh, there were certainly things that I, I wasn't aware of back in the early days that uh, uh, that, that I grew to learn, and uh, it was great. And uh, I've had a lot of fun o- along the way. Uh, I've met some really, really interesting people and some really fun people and lifelong friends. So uh, uh, I'd encourage all of, our, all, the, all of your listeners to... Uh, Bring a friend, bring a family member down uh, to their range or, or wherever they want to go to, to, to shoot and uh, ha- have a bit of fun. In 2019, obviously the hard work's going to start and I hope that you are going to talk to a lot of different people, whether it's political parties, whether it's people like me, whether it's other organisations because you know the heat is going to come from the media and I'd like to see you prepared for those sort of questions that come up for the future because you know they're going to happen, you know they're going to talk about the United States which always seems to be the go-to question, um, yet they don't mention other countries that have firearms similar to those countries and there's no problems. So I want you to be prepared so when it does come up that we're not going to get caught as i say foot in mouth syndrome agreeing with current gun bans or anything of the like so hopefully you will 
advocate for my interests because at the end of the day you are being paid to do that so i'm hoping we can do that for the future and i thank you very much uh jason i've enjoyed uh today uh talking to you i'm not sure if you're a double swa member that i didn't check before i come here but uh i was going to say if not we'll better sign you up but uh that, that's great news I'm and a I'm five-year a- member actually so oh well done well i encourage uh, all your listeners to to, to do that but uh, the hard work does start now and uh, we've got a long way to go, but uh, I'm very confident uh, that uh, working together, we'll be able to see a lot of good reforms come through. Jai Rao is the CEO, the new CEO of the SSAA Sporting Shooters Association of Australia, and he joins me here on AHP. I do thank you for your time uh, answering. I know my hard questions can be a little bit tough at times, but for me, for me, it's the, well, I want to do what's in the best interest of shooters, so hopefully we can achieve something either together over the next say two to three years Jai thanks for coming on appreciate it no thank you and thank you to all your listeners and looking forward to coming back you've been listening to an episode of the Australian Hunting Podcast I hope you enjoyed it see you next time